avenue of work if that's what you have to get into Fairs. but yeah hi guys hello how is everybody doing i'm great i'm good it's yeah. been a good week it's sunday it's sunday it's the lord's day yeah that, yeah. that is yeah my name is Sunzaini. Um, my name is Chiku. And welcome to this week's episode of We Have No Idea. We are a podcast hosted by two lovely young women. Um, you can find us uh, wherever you listen to your podcast, basically, either on Spotify, on Apple Music, or what is it called? Apple Podcasts, I suppose. Apple Podcasts. Yeah. Wherever. Spotify. Yeah. Um, we're not on SoundCloud, Speakers mm-hmm. Network, mm-hmm. iHeartRadio, just the majority of platforms or wherever you're listening to it right now so you mm-hmm. found it once yeah you'll definitely be able to find it again just save us give yeah. us a review yeah like it yeah all that good youtube jazz and follow us on instagram at um we w-h-i-n podcast podcast i thought that spelled that wrong but yeah it's in the show notes as well if you're confused um mm-hmm. go into there and click on that mm-hmm. um but yeah how has your week been my week has been good. It, it feels like a blur. I don't know what I did. It's been a lot. A lot happened. I think because I work and at home mm-hmm. at the same time, so it's a bit blurry. But I think it's been good. Yeah. I've cried once, so that's good. Yeah. Emotions good. Mm-hmm. How has your week been? Oh, I, yeah. yeah, I'm supposed to ask. Sorry. I know, man. Therapist. Just yeah. used to asking no, questions. No, it's my personal life, like... In my personal life, I can, I, I, I can be a little bit more selfish, whereas at work, I have to be like <laughs> selfless. You have to care about everything. Yeah. <gasps> say what? Say what? Oh no, you finished. Oh, right. Because I know you were just thinking about it yeah. this whole time. Yeah. Speaking. Um, I saw this um, TikTok of like um, when your therapist is like um, a mini- millennial or part of Gen Z, you, you keep, like you be telling them what's going on in your life, and they just simply turn around and be like, well, you be like that sometimes, and I was like, mm. I never used that life before. <laughs> yes, it is what it is. I was like, you be like that sometimes, you know, like, like, bra, like, probably just say the bra part, but like, life it, it, yeah, like, life yeah. <laughs> how are you, Chica? Sorry, how was your week for you? <laughs> um, my week has been really good. It went to revision, exam start next week. Well, when this goes out. I would have already completed a week worth of exams, so mm-hmm. um, I guess from this point when you're listening to it, um, two weeks of exams left, so that's going to be really exciting. Um, I guess just planning what to do afterwards with the bountiful amount of time that I have been blessed with to be free from any form of attachments, work, education-wise. Um, so yeah, just like um, starting to do my TFL training. Um, I did like a really cool thing this week. So you can be like pen pals with people in care homes, oh. which is really cool. So you're not like specifically with one elderly person, but like with the whole care home, I guess. Mm. And you kind of write letters and like cool stuff. Mm. So I've started doing that this week, which is going to be cool. Because especially at this time, like um, they can't have people coming in and out. It's literally just staff who mm. are visiting. So I thought that would be a cool thing just to make people smile. Yeah, make people feel remembered. Yeah. Which I guess at elderly age, like I'm not in there, but it can, I guess you can feel like forgotten quite easily, mm-hmm. especially being in like a home setting. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's really cool. Um, and groups was good. Um, we watched a really cool preach by Pastor Stephen Furtick. Stephen Furtick. My head was going to Todd, but I just knew it wasn't him. No. Um, but they're similar vibe, aren't they? Mm. Huh? Mm. 
Yeah, they both wear Jordans. Which pastor doesn't wear Jordans these days? In, no, in, we're in, talking about a lot of pastors that wear Jordans. We're thinking about a specific group and type of pastor. I, I, I don't know why. I think I've said this to you before, but for some reason I didn't think Stephen Furtick was white. Huh? <laughs> no, he definitely looks like he's mixed with somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, def- I feel as though, like Hispanic somewhere yeah. in those roots, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I ain't asking for his birth certificate. Um, but yeah, groups was um, really good. <laughs> Um, we had some new people join as well, so that was always good. Um, and yeah, that's been my week, just mm-hmm. the edumacation. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so who's our black excellency of this week, Sans? And this week we are talking about the one and only, the beautiful, the intelligent, the inco- incorporable, the sophisticated, the blessed bow, bow, bow. Michelle Obama. Sh- Why? Um, well, because she's Michelle Obama, does that make sense? Um, um, she's one of the most educated, no, she is the most educated first lady ever in the history of America. Mm-hmm. Um, she was the first black first lady in the history of America. Um, she's not only been a first lady to be kind of like um, arm candy to Barack Obama, but she's actually started initiatives which were really, really helpful. And she used her platform for the good despite not being paid because the role of first lady you actually don't get paid for it whereas the presidency do get paid for it however that didn't stop her from um looking at well improving people's um health like um mm-hmm. in, starting out health initiatives college initiatives um i think there was a time when she worked with children of militant families as well which, which i thought was like pretty pretty cool um she's always like she's an advocate for those who are not seen as much yeah, in society as the others and um she recently had well she had a, she wrote a book about two years ago no not two years ago but a year ago anyway her book came out um recently becoming and then she's gone on tour and then she filmed that while she was on a book tour and the documentary came out on netflix and mm-hmm. i think i cried about three four times <laughs> watching it because it's just oh, oh, yeah yeah, yeah. there's some really cool stories yeah um as well that whole thing and that's what go- we are going to discuss today yeah is the documentary as a whole and i guess the bits that really spoke to us and um hit something in our spirit so yeah do you want to start off then yeah i think i started crying off at the the scene where you see the obamas going into the inauguration in 2008 mm-hmm. I didn't get to see that. I got to listen to it on the radio because I was in South Africa at the time. Um, but like, I was crying thinking about how like my daughters will grow up knowing that there is a woman called Michelle Obama, and is somebody that you can look up to, and you can be educated, you can be yourself, you can be from the south side of Chicago, and still have a global impact. Does that make sense? Um, which is a beautiful thing. I think. Michelle Obama is an example that the American dream is not necessarily set to um, a certain social class, yeah. whereas in the UK it is, like the British dream. Does that make sense? Uh. So in the UK, if we look at it like from where we are, like yeah. it's normal for us to aspire to be lawyers, to be doctors, to be accountants, to be, you know, like in these high powered positions. But not many people kind of grow up from where we've grown up 
kind of aspire to be prime minister because that's kind of set for people who are the Oxbridge kind of people where it's actually if you go to like Eton I think Eton produced like 19 prime ministers if not somewhere mm-hmm. around those numbers um, most prime ministers tend to most prime ministers and even members of parliament tend to be from either from Ox- o- o- Oxford or Cambridge it's something yeah. that's been run within the family it's set like um, aspiring into government into policy it's something that is set out for people from a sort of set and social class whereas people from like the working class in the uk the majority of it it's like maybe the highest that you could probably get to is maybe member of parliament but being prime minister in mm-hmm. itself nah that's, yeah yeah but isn't that the same with america no it's not the same with america because obama didn't come from that social uh, like obama yeah, we, uh, have the, we do equally have people who have come from working class backgrounds yeah, and have made it into yeah, parliament into parliament but equally barack was not wanted by the democrats yes he's a similar to like a bernie sanders type yeah and as much as we say um obviously what's his name donnie who's just no longer labor leader um thing at jeremy corbyn yeah jeremy corbyn wasn't wanted by labor either he was yeah. voted in as a joke vote yeah. and then he basically became donald trump and managed to work his way up because um no they didn't want jeremy Corbyn to start uh, off with yeah but he managed to rack up enough votes because people wanted to use him as a protest vote mm-hmm. and then he ended up winning yeah so he equally has come from a rich background and i'm not detesting that but i feel so they both are quite affluent ways of getting into power i just think america's political system of becoming a governor and then you move up yeah is an easier way to get to the top but it's still quite difficult yeah it's still quite difficult but then i feel like it's more open like it's open like the american dream is accessible to everyone does that make sense whereas in like you yes you can work yourself up from to be governor and all that kind of stuff and like you can work yourself up from like being a lawyer and then like laboring and all that kind of stuff we've seen that with um what's her name alexandra what's her name she's from brooklyn oh um, um i know who you mean yeah but um her like you're seeing all these people like normal regular people can actually get into position of power and influence yeah um within congress and stuff which is beautiful yeah. and we do get that with our members of parliament yeah but within the uk i feel like it's capped that you will not get to the position of actually being prime minister whereas you can look alexandra quarters i think she fun she could be the next president if you if, if you go i mean because um if you see it obama like he worked his way up to actually becoming the president of america I the agree. bushes um they the have Bush, they have the that history corrupt, yeah but like th- i think the same though as our current treasurer he has become the same because his parents are immigrant parents yeah um and he managed to get to i think it was Oxford but that was through a scholarship yeah so it is similar and as much as we say prime minister is like the big chief mm-hmm. the treasury actually are the ones who hold the money so yeah. they do make decisions as much as I dislike him I also dislike pretty okay as she can do that but um do I know the, the treasurer's name uh, no I, I, I didn't even know that but do I know who our prime minister is yeah whether I like it or not does that make sense true but right. I feel so there's more influence yeah I get that but like what I, my whole point with bringing up um, the notion of the American dream is that the American dream is accessible to everybody. Whereas in England, if we're going to put being prime minister is like the equivalent of like no, that but goal. the American dream isn't to be president. It's to be successful. It is to be successful, but everybody can be successful. It doesn't matter where you come from. You can be successful towards the presidency, right? 
I don't agree, but I see your point. Okay. okay. <laughs> we'll continue uh, from that. No, but like my point is, the American dream can be anything and, and it's accessible to anybody and everybody. And Obama is um, an example, and his family is an example of people who achieved that American dream, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas in the UK, it's different, where it's not accessible to everybody. Where even whether it's Corbyn could be Oxford educated and all that kind of stuff, and yet the British, the country in itself. Did not vote for Corbyn to be the next prime minister. Yeah, but like, I understand the, why they did Yeah, like the prime minister, like being a prime minister is only available and accessible to a f- certain few people from a certain um, social class, and it's not ev- not everybody's going to get to that position of power and authority. We have seen time and time again. I think when people have came like normal um, members of parliament have gone for a position of being like labor leaders and stuff like that mm-hmm. where you see like i remember there was this guy he was black and his parents sugar yeah yeah but he was dumb his campaign was trash yeah but like in regards and then of, he moved to a new political yeah, that no. was so stupid okay but then you saw how the british media basically started um ridiculing from the get-go if that makes sense like you cannot even get to that point in power yeah but we've her. seen We've black seen, people like, get trashed and that happens in America I yeah. think America is very two different dynamics it, yeah. they have the whole history of slavery and kind of they have the positive affirmation where we need to uplift the black people mm-hmm. the British do not have that same energy as in because we've done black people so wrong we have to lift them up so I think there was backing in America that sometimes if you didn't vote for Obama you're racist mm-hmm. it didn't matter what his political choices and his aspirations were mm-hmm. it was very clear that this is a time for a black president this is a time for change because they've done black people so bad and i think the same there's racism that exists in britain but it hasn't been shaped as much as it has in america so that's why obama won his first presidency if you didn't vote for him you're racist that was just back the issue was his second term mm-hmm. that's when he actually had to start putting where his money his mouth is and start with coming with proper stuff so i don't think there's no the same history of racism hasn't existed in the uk for people to have that same energy that if you don't vote for an asian or a black person mm-hmm. you're racist they just no. see you as a political person. person even though they might bring race issues into it mm-hmm. you're not deemed racist for not voting for them yeah i think you i get where you're coming from yeah i get your perspective however going back to my original point i think it's we're on we'll, two different spectrums, but yeah, pretty much. On to the next yeah. one. Yeah, right. um, yeah, like I was looking, I think my first thing was um, one of the tear which was looking at Michelle Obama and thinking, wow, my baby girl grew up looking, looking up to a woman like Michelle Obama, and For that's sure. beautiful. And yeah, yeah, yeah I really liked that bit. Mm-hmm. Um, another part that really spoke to me is. Um, the relationship and the dynamic that she has with Barack before they were even in the presidency time mm-hmm. so kind of that she was his senior mm-hmm. to start off with in the political power that you don't really tend to see and them just being really open and honest about going to marriage counselling and I guess when she spoke about having children she spoke about it as being unplanned or surprised she didn't say it was a bad thing mm-hmm. but in a sense she said that she has sacrificed her aspirations and dreams so she could be present because she knew she she couldn't do it all mm-hmm. and i really enjoyed that i guess authenticity mm-hmm. when it came to her speaking about making difficult choices mm-hmm. and her not liking to make those difficult choices mm-hmm. because this is a woman who had her life together pre-obama like pre-barack like um and i think 
going back to it when i was looking at it it's like it's, it's all about like partnering with the right person does that make sense yeah. when you look at i think something that was really, really profound is that she said was when i met barack i could see this guy like i would be asking him like when he's looking out to the to the distance and stuff like that uh ask him what are you thinking about in her head she's like oh he's probably thinking about you know like he's with me on a date like wow and yet obama would turn around and talk about social justice about things that he wants to implement change with mm-hmm. and michelle was like I had as a person I had to grow I had to step up mm-hmm. because I couldn't be at the level that I was in for me to be with him if that makes sense yeah. actually your partner like partner, partnering up with somebody who um, either actively or that vision makes you want to change makes you want to grow and yeah. be a better person I thought that was really 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 beautiful um, I understand like she had to give well she had to give up her job her career but then it's what she was giving up for if that yeah, makes sense children. yeah like she even for the children but then it's like the person who that that goal that vision like i'm not gonna give up my career to support you to be the next drug dealer mm-hmm. like no you know she was giving up her career to start a family knowing that her husband had a vision that would actually change it seemed impossible because a obama is the first black president of america mm-hmm. but it's that trust of saying actually i believe in his dream i believe in his vision i see how i can partner myself in his vision and in his, in his, and in his goal that actually yes i will need to be a mother for this kind of years but then i feel like she, at the end of the day she's found a way in how to make that work for her where yeah. she has still been herself as the first lady of america and then after where she's now um doing her own thing finding herself outside being a mother outside yeah. being the first lady outside being Mich- michelle Sparrow, if that mm-hmm. makes sense and i think that's a beautiful thing to see yeah to ensure she didn't get lost in the fanfare yeah one of the ladies in the documentary commented Mm -hmm. that she um she didn't get lost in the fluff of it all and kind of lose her vision like there's times where she did speak about that and we'll discuss that Mm -hmm. later but um i guess ensuring that she stays authentic to what she wanted to do and what she believes in Mm -hmm. as well is really interesting to watch yeah and i think another thing that i respected was she allowed herself time to figure it all out does that make sense mm-hmm. she didn't i think you and i actually ended up googling her age yeah. well i was like rah like we got time um but like she allowed herself time to figure it all out whether being in the presidency like during the presidency time mm-hmm. whether um before that when um she, within her career even after that where she's like I'm still figuring it out. I still am growing and I'm still allowing myself to evolve. And I think that's a beautiful thing because she's Michelle Obama and I think a lot of people would have thought she arrived at being former first lady. But she was like, no, there is still more. There's still that growth, that evolving. And um, it kind of makes me feel better that I don't have to have my ish together. It's okay for me to be changing and growing. Mm -hmm. And yeah that's beautiful yeah because in theory for her to be at that stage of um to be a lawyer Mm because they do normal undergrad Mm -hmm. and they then they do like postgrad basically and then you have to do your lawyer so Mm -hmm. she definitely only met barack at like 30 32 minimum no she said she met him at 20 in in their 20s in their 20s that must have been late or they must do so quickly because that's four years undergrad to start off with um, in america is it four or three um, it could be three or four, but it feels like lawyers are a bit longer. Okay, so to actually do your law, because you have to do postgrad, right? Yeah. And that could be a year or two. 
like in graduate school yeah so ideally when you finish university finishing you start at 18 and you finish at 21 for your undergrad yep. and then you postgrad at another three years you finish at 21 from oh, 18 to 21 yeah. 21 22 and then you do your postgrad which can finish you at either 25 if not 26 mm-hmm. and then you do your bar exam and then by the time you're starting to work within your law probably late 20s mm. oh so 25 yeah yeah that seems very sharp compared to what i thought in my head but yeah fair enough. it's not medicine medicine takes age <laughs> oh my god um but yeah mm-hmm. we'll leave it on yeah just her age as well mm-hmm. um yeah because she was talking about how um, that presidency time where it was only eight years and that's such a small part of life isn't it mm-hmm. in the grand scheme of things mm-hmm. and ensuring that your accolades and your achievements you don't kind of mm-hmm. limit them just to this small area of life but I guess just to look from what you come from and also where you're going mm-hmm. um, was really interesting mm-hmm. I liked hearing about that yeah um, and then oh yeah should I take it yeah. um about her being seen so they have basically like town hall meetings with young people with ladies from the church with different book clubs as well so she was having one with some um girls and i think it was on like the set chicago mm-hmm. and um, one of the girls was asking how in the time of the presidency did you ensure that you weren't invisible or you just didn't become like a prop to mm-hmm. the presidency mm-hmm. um, and she was talking about how she, the first time she felt visible and felt seen and known mm-hmm. was at home at the dinner table and kind yeah. of ensuring that the world couldn't make her invisible if she knew who she was um, and I found that really interesting and um, really valuable because I guess as black women we kind of get um boxed or put into certain places or put into certain um arenas of life and um that's not who we are and i guess sometimes just box in certain areas like this is who you are and this is all you can become Mm -hmm. um i think her parents did a wonderful job in um allowing her to be her fierce self and there is a part where she focuses on the relationship dynamics with her brother older Mm -hmm. brother uh, which is quite adorable because she was like um, at Thanksgiving her mom will be like um, when is Craig coming, when is Craig coming, when is Craig coming while she's sitting in, in the um, White House and Michelle would turn around and be like I am the first lady of the United States of America like um, that kind of like rivalry um, with your siblings but um, I think it's quite beautiful because a, your siblings can either make you be the better version of yourself Absolutely. or they will drag you down to hell like the relationship that you have with your siblings is none you know like um non comparable where um speaking as an older sibling like they're your little crackers but then they are your little crackers and you have to take care of them <laughs> you have to love them and it, it, it's okay um but they actually because they're little crackers you have to be better yeah if that makes sense you have to show them a good example as to how life how you can navigate life mm-hmm. being true to yourself and actually you you understand the responsibility and the influence that you have over them um and you have to be kind of like the third parent where you just have to be accessible in a manner that you maybe your mom and dad might not be yeah and that's absolutely fine um and that starts off with her brother saw her her father saw her like mm-hmm. those are two male relationships that were positive in her life mm-hmm. her mother yes despite the burnt iron all that kind of stuff her family did see her and they placed that value on her that actually 
she grew secure in her intelligent mm-hmm. in an intelligence that when somebody from Prince, I think one of the school advisors at school said um, she shouldn't apply to Princeton she was like okay she went to Princeton and she was like bruh I'm actually smarter than a lot of people here mm-hmm. um, where she actually had con- she was so secure in who she is that she didn't that her um, insecurities she used them like she didn't fit them instead but she continued to Grow. She used them as motivation. Yeah, actually. yeah, yeah. And she grew. She grew out of them to be the person that she is. And she's honest about that. Mm-hmm. And she's not like, oh my god, I fell from heaven, perfect. She's like, no. These are the issues that I still have. Yeah, and I'm working on. Yeah. Um, which yeah, I really enjoyed that bit. Yeah. Um, and I guess that leads on to high expectations. Mm-hmm. So she spoke of how her parents like in particular her father her father um, or her granddad it could have been i know there was a story of um the uncle who basically had doors shut in front of them that he was really intelligent and academic it was his granddad was that the granddad Uh, okay yeah um the granddad i think um but because he didn't have that academic background Mm -hmm. to him a lot of doors were shut in front of him and um i think because of that he felt very angry and i guess at the world and at societies, I guess, just not giving him the opportunity. And I guess instead of being angry, he channeled that into just the grandchildren's kind of like have high expectations for them. So I guess um, celebrating their victories, but not over celebrating them, that that creates a cap of, oh, I just have to meet this um, level mm-hmm. um, and that's fine. Um, and it's really funny, like, I think I've said it before, like how when I got into university, I called my dad, he was like, yeah, I expected you to. Do you want me to have, be happy? And I was like, bro, come on, man. Um, but yeah, I think that's a source of energy that mom and dad like, have always carried. Like, even at GCSE, he's like, okay, well done, but we expected that from you. Yeah. Why do you think it's not we're wow. going to be jumping for joy? Yeah. yeah. Like, when you do big things, I think... Um, it can be detrimental to young people at times, but I feel so like in particular with my parents and the experience that she has, it does push you to want more and want to achieve for more. Mm-hmm. And at the time, it doesn't feel great because you're just like, what do I need to do to make you happy? Once you look back, you do understand that if you were just chasing for the claps and stuff, you probably wouldn't have gotten as far as you Ooh. have accomplished now. See, I, ha- I had a different... Um experience of that if that mm-hmm. makes sense where um yes when i first came here my dad point blank well i grew up with my granddad who was like knowledge is power mm-hmm. like education equals knowledge knowledge equals power therefore get your education get your grades correct right yeah. and i was like thanks thanks granddad well done granddad um and then when i came here i remember my dad saying in this country remember you're a black woman mm-hmm. and there's a lot of misconception there's a lot of ways in which this world this country will treat you badly Mm -hmm. but the one thing that people will never take away from you is your intelligence Mm -hmm. and you are intelligent continue feeding into that so whenever i did my gcse's my family celebrated me i did well in my gcse's Mm -hmm. they celebrated me when i did well in my a-levels they celebrated me when i got my degree they celebrated me Mm -hmm. when i got um when i've gotten my jobs they celebrate me whether um well done since they all that kind of stuff um i remember i recently got a promotion and i called my dad and i've told him and he was like we're so proud of you i felt really uncomfortable hearing him <laughs> saying something because like, i'm like huh but because they've celebrated me so much that um a 
I know that I can't, not because I don't do these things to gain their claps, mm-hmm. to gain their accolades. I do these things because I think for me, that ambition, that drive is within me where I'm like, my parents would have been happy with me getting my undergrad, not even going for a postgrad degree. Mm-hmm. But when I've came to make those those choices to go above and beyond, they've came from me and they've celebrated and they've supported those decisions. Um, but I have done the bare minimum that they expected from me. Mm-hmm. And everything else that i'm doing on top of that yes they're proud of it but i don't feel like i'm in my life where i have to be successful so that they can love me no mm-hmm. i'm successful they happen to love me there's benefits to that <laughs> but like it, like yeah like that motivation i think it comes from within i suppose mm-hmm. and god and purpose and all that kind of stuff but yeah <laughs> i think that's where my family dynamics are a little bit different from like mm-hmm mostly traditional ones traditionally african african ones yeah and um i guess like with african mm-hmm. families it's just about security isn't mm-hmm. it? i think once you finish that bachelor's and you secure your first job yeah that's when they can rest and be like we're done yeah we're <laughs> finished here like once you've secured that first job like it's weird once you've secured your first job the degree doesn't matter as much does it yeah because you now have experience and you've got your foot in the door but yeah, that pressure, especially from African backgrounds, Asian backgrounds, um, it's just about um, making sure you can secure that first paycheck. Yeah. Because <laughs> at the end of the day, you can have a PhD in no job, mm-hmm. um, which unfortunately a lot of people are experiencing. So yeah, I think it's just that place of fear yeah. um, and wanting to do well, isn't it? Yeah, I remember my mom saying, I want you to drive a brand new car, mm-hmm. not a secondhand car not a car that you you know type of thing and she was like i want you to drive a brand new car you've got your license you've got your passport you've got your degree you're good to go mm-hmm. and she was like these are the things that i've wanted for you and i was like thanks mom uh and i went and got it so yeah um but then when it comes to another thing that was really really quite different i suppose i aspire to be a mom right not aspire i would like to be a mom in this life but then it's how do you become um how are you a mother in the middle of a presidency and still trying to parent your child does that make sense where your child has butlers and stuff like that like i think one thing that michelle had said was um i would make sure that the staff didn't do the girls beds and Mm -hmm. i would tell the girls to do their beds in their rooms because I wanted to equip them with those um, basic human skills, I suppose. Yeah. And I thought that was really quite profound. Not profound, but Yeah, good. just having a sense of normalcy, because mm-hmm. they won't be in that house forever, will they? Mm. Um, so they have to learn how to have normal skills. And I guess, like, um, just ensuring that you don't raise, like, just zombies of children who don't know how to do anything mm-hmm. seems to be a big emphasis for her. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause yeah, like I feel as though like um, poverty teaches you a lot of things, and sometimes when you get to a certain point, and then you bring children who are now going to live in an affluent space, you just like, are they still going to get those skills that have managed, that have built some grit and resilience in? Mm-hmm. Um, that's yeah, I feel as though we're in a generation where everything is very comfortable and convenient, isn't it? That some people just really don't have resilience built into them mm-hmm. and that's why people are having a lot more issues than it seems to have in the older generations mm-hmm. um so i think she was just ensuring that they just are a bit rough and ready for life and the things that will throw at them because mm-hmm. yeah yeah um also going back into the 
depiction of fatherhood within the whole documentary where um i suppose while we're still talking about parenthood and stuff where i feel like her relational dynamics within her father her, are or probably played a, a huge part in who she is as a person now sure. that security um and i i would like to think maybe the relational dynamics between uh malia and sasha and their dad probably brings a lot more security in who they are as people as well absolutely and this has been said to say if you listen to this and you're a baby daddy to somebody step up <laughs> no and yeah when it comes to fatherhood as well i just really enjoyed seeing the dads in the show mm-hmm. like there was um like a white gentleman who came to a book signing for his daughter mm-hmm. and i was like oh, you're the real mvp because like I don't know, he didn't have to do that, and the daughter obviously would not expect him to stand in a queue, but for him to do that show, he understands the value that that book will bring, and the value of that he placed on his daughter to stand in that queue. Everybody's probably looking at him like, what is this strange looking man doing here? Because he had like his proper... Um, militant gear. Uh, not militant. <laughs> What's the... Camo. No, it wasn't camo, it was... Um, checkered shirt no it was like a it was a black t-shirt and then camo pants and then he had a cup yeah but yeah just for him to be there and i guess just the different versions of fatherhood Mm -hmm. represented like um there was a girl who was hispanic Mm -hmm. and she was the first one to graduate and the dad was there at graduation like cheering her on and apparently he had been in like an accident as well which meant he wasn't able to work as much as before Mm -hmm. and i guess just those visions of like i guess people going above and beyond not just doing the I'm here sort of aspect yeah. um, was really interesting and I guess like um, men do get like a hard time when it comes to the whole baby daddy baby mama depiction mm-hmm. but I guess seeing people do the parenting well and acknowledge when like then they've failed and yeah just like being present that's one of the things that I really liked like quite a lot of fathers in there were showing that like they might not always get it right but they mm-hmm. showed up and they were there mm-hmm. for like the experience and I was like yeah I like that. Yeah. I cried a few times. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I can't deal with dads crying. It instantly just makes me cry. <laughs> oh, I love I love good dads. Um, if you are a dad, be there for your kids because I think um, it changes their life for the better. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another thing which really kind of as we're watching it, I think it's how the media treated michelle obama the depiction of her they tried to depict her as an angry black woman mm-hmm. um they tried to you know like she kind of had to tone herself down throughout the campaigns and yeah. stuff having to be this person where it's very structured very like rigid and like the mm-hmm. type of very thing neat. yeah and it's kind of like the silencing of michelle obama initially but then again it's going to see what she did with that if that makes sense yeah yeah well she was like they silenced her at the start obama became president mm. and then she was like this is what i'm gonna do this is what these are the projects that i'm gonna focus on yes i may be face lady, f- first lady but like i think for the f- they're probably the f- the first um president couple in america where we actually genuinely liked both of them yeah because they had personality yeah they, they had style every time i imagine obama in that tan suit i'm like bro but yeah and i feel like especially in the first term of the presidency you could tell 
with Michelle's outfits that they were very much chosen, curated by somebody mm-hmm. who knew what the media liked and enjoyed. And I'm not gonna lie, some of those looks are a bit ugly. Yeah. But I kind of just knew she had to do what yes. needed to be done. And even things like um, having her hair like just relaxed and super simple. Um, like you can tell now she's exploring with like braids and wigs and just different things, which um, was probably told her that she couldn't do that because she knew she'd just get attacked a bit more and at times she just she was honest about like some of that stuff hurt like just being attacked constantly so i think she just did what she needed to do for that first term Mm -hmm. and then once she got to second term she's like we ain't doing this a third time no um legally so she's like she could be much more free in how she looked and Mm -hmm. dressed after that which was really interesting Mm -hmm. i like that i love um i think i was saying this cheeky way like in hairstyle now it's like colorful quite playful and yet professional if that makes sense mm-hmm. which is quite inspirational because at work i've turned up wearing like floral pants and all that kind of stuff and yet still be professional i suppose mm-hmm. that's my work environment and stuff but um it was beautiful to see her embracing who she truly is and then keeping it like classy keeping it like um really really nice like i remember the the golden thigh boots oh yeah <sighs> those are so cute I think we're all just still talking about it and I think it happened like maybe a year or two ago and yet we're still like oh my god those golden boots. Well I saw it as well and she has such long legs so yeah. like they were perfect um, and it was she they use the term like using fashion as a tool because it's something they'll always point out mm-hmm. so you can either either use it to your advantage or they can just criticise you on it mm-hmm. and it's happened to many ladies like Angela Merkel mm-hmm. they always have a go about her kind of like dressing like a man always like plain suits oh, yeah. but Hillary that's her wallpaper Hi- isn't it yeah the Hillary Clinton suits yeah um, so yeah I feel like the media will always have a go like mm-hmm. they they enjoy just finding any bit of loose skin and just like prodding into mm-hmm. it don't they um, one person that whose style has kind of been like, whoa, um, what's her name? Meghan Markle. Oh yeah. Oh. No, Meghan knew how to dress, dress coming in, in didn't she? Yeah, but then when you remember the tour that she did with Harry before they they officially left, like they had like these three events where she turned up in all green, all blue, all red, and I was like, wow. No, she knew how to dress. Even wow. Before it. Like that's like, why I, I I give her props, but not as much props as like somebody who didn't know how to dress. Oh up. no, because no. she knew she knows and she's friends with a lot of the designers as well. Yeah, she? but like she, she, I understand that with her, like she's friends with like she she was an actress. She's in this yeah, world. She, she knows fashion. And, like she came into this world being herself, and she continued to be herself. Oh, for sure. But those three outfits towards the end of their like in the monarchy, I was like, whoo. I might have seen them, but I don't remember them. But I was actually just trying not to look at news oh, about them because I was like, they were just being berated. I was like, just clicking on it. Oh, it depends on who you were looking at. I think uh-huh. I, I, because I follow a lot of black Twitter. So oh, every time yeah. she put on an outfit, black Twitter, I went on it and they were like, that's wow. Fair. I don't have wow. Twitter at all. Um, so I feel like I miss quite a lot of this mm-hmm. stuff that's happening. But yeah. Um, yeah, and I liked that. And she particularly, like, she hired a stylist as well to help her with her fashion choices, which I thought was really cool because she's come from corporate America. Yeah. So it tends to be quite muted colours, doesn't it? And yeah. you can only go so far when it comes to fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, and she had that stylist for a very long time. Like, I think a lot of her pr- the time in the presidency. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoyed looking at the white perspective that um, you can have allies in that space. So she, her head of staff has been with her for the whole time. Yeah. So Mr. Winter, that was her name. Um, and she'd been with her through it all, and I guess kind of creating a team. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter what race they are, but you all have the same vision. 
um, was really interesting and at a time where race and race relations and issues were such a hot topic it was powerful to have different people as being part of your team to just show that there is diversity and collective and good decisions can be made with um, various experiences so yeah, I really liked Melissa Winter as well you could tell she was like definitely part of the team yeah. like she dedicated her life to this which was really interesting yeah and uh, you could see the friendship between the two of them yeah. I think uh, uh, Michelle Obama was playing a song by Future and Drake I think she was mm-hmm. busy dancing to it and then uh, Melissa kind of showed her like this like classic Hollywood song and Michelle looked at her and she was like how are we friends like how <laughs> you know and i was like oh it kind of reminds me of lauren sometimes but it's okay <laughs> to be fair she's there was a period of time where i would have been the one showing her old hollywood and then she'll be showing me future and drake but i feel like that's slowly like smushing together in our friendship <laughs> but yeah um but yeah um viewing that dynamic of like two different people is really interesting Mm -hmm. um there was one particular point moment where they had just been to the funeral of the people who were um killed at the charleston shooting so it was just during a bible study Mm -hmm. but it was also the same day where marriage equality was passed and i guess presidency takes you from various different emotions and experiences that you have to equally ensure you're present because again they'll just drag you if you don't Mm -hmm. seem sincere and you don't seem to be there um and she spoke about ensuring that you take time to see the progress that you're making Mm -hmm. so they've been so many issues of racist killings racist attacks but that marriage equality is i guess like a pinpoint moment that they can say this is um something that we've achieved this is something that we've passed this is something i guess the republicans or whoever can't take this away from us and it's an example of a time where we have made progress so that was really interesting to watch as well beautiful like it was beautiful um but going i think when you think towards the end where the whole encompass as it was beautiful to see about michelle obama's story and his her and her family dynamics and everything but um, for the first time ever, I heard Sasha and Leah speak. Mm-hmm. And I was like, whoa, okay. Um, beautiful girls. And then um, another thing was the importance of voting, especially mm-hmm. like within the midterms, voting the little elections and all that kind of stuff. Um, and Michelle said, I think it's not that Trump came into the presidency. It's just that people who didn't vote is the thing that was particularly more upsetting about the whole experience. Yeah. And I was like, rah, like you Americans need to vote. Essentially. I know, because they just don't come out. Sometimes you feel as though your vote is so mm-hmm. meaningless to the process that people don't vote. But even in the British elections, if you looked at the amount of people who chose not to vote for certain things, they were the swing vote. If those people had yeah. showed up results could be so different and i think the thing that hurt her the most is that like the people who she roots for and the people whose back she feels as if she has mm-hmm. did not have her, didn't have her back mm-hmm. in the same regards and it's um i guess it's difficult to think that you're fighting for a group of people and they don't want you mm-hmm. um so that was yeah that was very interesting to think of the dynamics we've had like people where they've built managed to get themselves out of a situation mm-hmm. and then people from those same neighborhoods are like well you left us yeah and it's just like i didn't i wanted better you guys wanted me to do better and i've done that mm-hmm. if we all kind of just stayed in the same place and we're sorry for we wouldn't get anywhere yeah 
so it's balancing those aspirations like those people push you to a certain point Mm -hmm. and you can't be disappointed and sad when they decide to jump off ship because you no longer benefit them yeah so yeah that was um that was interesting to view on such a macro level like we see it on a micro level with different communities and um sections of society but it still happens on such a large scale that people will be like mm, you're not for us anymore you become too big you become too corporate yeah you're one of them mm-hmm. um so yeah that was a nice little bit of vulnerability to see from her um as she discussed that was one bit of trauma that she really carried with her from this whole experience because it wasn't all daisies mm-hmm. and roses mm-hmm. so yeah i enjoyed it yeah it was really good and just remember when they go low you go high well try to go high <laughs> as but much sometimes as you, you want to box up anyway uh yeah and just <laughs> she was just like every day even when things are going bad you have to show up to work mm-hmm. and that's all you can really do is just keep showing up because longevity mm-hmm. is much better than just a flash in the pan yeah um situation mm-hmm. so yeah i really enjoyed that aspect i really enjoyed the documentary book tour overall i think it was a really good depiction and the music can we talk about that i think it started off with uh kirk franklin and then ended up with um what's name? frank ocean frank ocean and i was like "Mm, yeah no there was a little bit of drake in there and i was like okay when you said you were eclectic in your taste i see she was on joe scott's and eric Badu's live and i was just like yeah yeah that was really cool but we always knew that yeah that they were into their music both of them they both made playlists as well oh yeah and then uh, uh, the summer playlist i love obama's summer playlist that he brought out last year um, and then um there's a section where barack obama comes um on tour and he's like oh this is this the part where jay-z comes when they're on tour and um he's like oh i am the and i'm the roc and i was like oh bless you guys but i love that she patted him straight away she was like relax no, relax relax but it's like yeah and i was like yeah you are the addition here yeah but yeah but i love the partnership so yeah yeah um it's really good to see her i guess rediscovering herself and rediscovering herself out of her children and out of this presidency because mm-hmm. it does swamp you at certain times that you always are announced as the first lady or as barack obama's wife and um i guess just her discovering who she is um is really interesting so yeah um do you have anything to finish out in prize when i was doing yeah of course um father in the name of jesus would like to take this time to say thank you for the life that we have and the blessings that we have and um, praying for people who praying for americans actually praying for their leadership that actually they get their ish together because i feel like they're probably going to be one of the worst of countries with this whole COVID situation um and praying for the obamas and the family what an inspiration that they've been to a lot of people outside of the black um community as well um praying for the young people praying for everybody just praying for the world that you're with there and you're meeting people's needs wherever they come from or wherever they're going through um we thank you for who you are and thank you what you continue to do in jesus name amen amen thank you for um listening guys make sure to follow us on all our social media and catch us the same time next week for a new episode bye